graduated from college, um, and I work up here in Northern Virginia, so that's a little bit about me. Um, let's go ahead and pray, and then uh, we'll get into this. Um, Lord, I thank you for the word um, that you have for us today. I pray, Lord, that you would um, speak through me, Lord, um, that you would prepare the hearts of people that are here um, for your word. In your son's name I pray. Amen. Nice. Cool. I'm just going to ask that y'all put away your phones and the other distractions. Um, this message shouldn't be super long, and so I just ask that y'all pay attention uh, for the time being. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. All right, so... Oh, I'm so scared. I'm about to drop this one on the floor. All right, there we go. Um, so first thing is um, a question, um, and it's a, it's a general question. Um, I, I would love for you guys to kind of list um, or to kind of mention some things uh, that are true about us as Christians. Um, so this is, you know, things that can be about like our identity or like how we're, we're supposed to behave um, or like what God sees us um, as Christians. So just, you know, mention or shout out something about Christians. Christians do sin. Sometimes Christians are hypocritical. Sometimes they force they force things, their religion on people. Okay, okay. Any any other any other things about Christians? Nice, kind, and caring. You're expected to come to church. Pray, prayers, yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do believe Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Um, they do make it sometimes sound like if you don't come to church, you will die in the pits of hell. They are, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, different denominations, sometimes Christians do gossip supposed to be examples this is and disciples some think that they are invisible um invisible as in they can't you can't be seen invincible got it yeah okay got it thank you um so yeah we, we've said a lot of different things um about um you know, what is true about Christians, and some of those things um, are good, and some of those things definitely um, are not good. Um, and, and these are all different truths um, of, of the reality of being Christian. And so I think today um, we're going to take some time to, to look at like an aspect of, to, of Christianity um, to ho hopefully give some context. Um, so two weeks ago, um, I talked a little bit about um, our behavior as Christians. Um, so for those who were here two weeks ago, I don't think too many people were here. Who was here two weeks ago? Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So there weren't too many of us here. And so um, I essentially asked the question of whether God can relate to us um, and how that can make it easier to approach God, uh, to like receive his grace, to receive his mercy um, in our time of need. And so like, I'm just going to give a quick summary of what that message was. So we have um, some context, because I, I think a lot of you are not here. Um, and so the general gist was that, um, you know, when you can relate to people, it makes it easier to approach them. Um, so <laughs> have any of you guys 
ever been with your parents like outside um, doing something might have been at the mall or whatever and like they see uh, another Ghanaian that they've never met uh, and then what's okay yeah yeah so what do they do when they see this Ghanaian that they've never met yeah what's up yeah they say that's the same what's up they waste our time got it got it got it got it Any, anything else what do they do they make them their new friend yeah yep Oh, that's so funny. Okay, yeah. Sometimes they do be like that. Yeah. They become your uncle and auntie. Instant. Instant uncles and aunties on site. Yep. They start judging who? They start judging. Oh, their kid in front of them. Okay, dang, man. They, they really do. So they, they get really comfortable around Ghanaians when they see them, even though they've never met them before. Like, they're just like, they be talking like they just grew up together, like they were in the same jump back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's, <laughs> they, they relate to them like that. <laughs> um, even though they don't actually know these people. And so, um, you know, when, when we relate to people, right, when there's things that are in common or we have shared experiences, it makes it really easy um, for you to connect, similar to how your parents will see a Ghanaian and then y'all are like homies on site. And so it's like, it's, it happens um, uh, automatically. And so um, when, when, we, when we look at Jesus, when we look at God, um, you know, uh, two weeks ago I asked the question, uh, can we relate to God or does God relate to us um, right, and, and the conclusion we came to when we looked at scripture was that um, that God does indeed relate to us, right? So when God was here in the form of Jesus, um, he suffered many things, right? So he was rejected by his countrymen. Um, he was born in a way that was suspicious to a lot of people. Um, his mom got pregnant, and people like were like, "This doesn't make any sense," right? And he, uh, and you know, at the end of all things, he was unjustly killed. Um, and I think many of us know what it looks like to be unjustly killed and as, as, as being black people in America, right? And so in a sense, uh, Jesus has been through a lot of things that are difficult um, for humans to go through. And so uh, it, in a very like realistic sense, Jesus like can relate to us. He can relate to our pain. He can relate to our struggles. He relates to the things that are hard. Um, we, we looked at Hebrews 4, um, 16, uh, which said, um, that Jesus was tempted in every way, but he did not sin. And as a result, um, let us approach God's throne with grace and confidence so that we um, may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. And so really the, the result of Jesus being relatable um, is that we can approach him and he understands us. Um, and, and if anything, similar to how when your parents can relate to another like random Ghanaian, y'all saw like Potomac Mills or whatever, like you can relate to them and start having a conversation and they'll get you um, is the same uh, way that we can approach um, Jesus, God, uh, because he gets us. Um, and because of this, um, we can receive like his mercy and his grace. And so the, the really cool thing here is that um, God doesn't place the prerequisite of being enough to come before him. I think it's, um, oh, it's Bishop. Hey, Bishop. All right. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. I was thinking about something. Um, all right, uh, all right, cool. Uh, so I think the, the conclusion we came to was that because um, God is approachable, because he's relatable, um, or that he relates to us so easily, um, we don't always have to have ourselves put together. We don't always have to have ourselves perfect um, to come before God. Um, even more precisely, um, it, scripture makes it really clear that like the, the thing that we need to do 
to come to God has already been done by him, <laughs> right? And so you coming to God is not a matter of um, how you're feeling or like how perfect you may feel or how unperfect you may feel. Um, because sometimes like I, I get discouraged when it comes to going to God because I'm like, I don't deserve this. Like this is, <laughs> this is not the place for me to be at right now. But the Lord has already done the work so that we can come to him um, and we don't have to be perfect to come to him. And so that was the gist of two weeks ago <laughs> that uh, God can relate to us. And as a result, uh, we can approach him confidently. Um, and so today, so two weeks ago, we talked about like a behavior of Christians, which is that we can approach God uh, openly and really confidently too. Like we don't have to go before him trembling um, or scared in the sense that we're uh, scared of like damnation and condemnation because he has already done the thing to free us. And so we can confidently approach him. And so today we're going to talk about our identity in the Lord. So two weeks was behavior and today's uh, an identity or like an aspect of an, our identity in the Lord. Um, and the Bible actually says some really cool and incredible things about um, our identity in the Lord once we accept the Lord uh, or like who we are in Christ. Um, has anybody heard the phrase like who I am like in Christ? Um, or, okay, and can somebody give me any examples of like, like characteristics of people who are in Christ? Like what does that look like? What are the, the good things that are true about people who are in Christ? Yep, go on. Yeah, they're faithful. Yep. They're happy, yes. Yep. They find peace in every situation. They're confident. They're loyal, yes, they are loyal people. They are honest people. They're respectful people, right? So when we are in the Lord, um, there are certain characteristics that become true of us. Um, so scripture talks about how like, when uh, Christ died, we died with him. And when he rose, we rose with him. Um, in a sense, it's talking about the characteristics that are true about Christ become true of us once we are in him. Um, and and some, sometimes scripture says things that are kind of hard to believe because of our circumstance. Um, and we're going to look at that a little bit um, in Colossians chapter 1. So if you guys can grab your Bibles or phones um, and flip to Colossians uh, chapter 1, uh, we're going to read... Um, a little section there that talks about one of the aspects of our identity in the Lord. All right, somebody say amen if you're there. Cool, so Colossians chapter one. It's kind of close to the middle. Yeah, chapter one. New Testament. Um, cool. Got an amen. Okay. Got another amen. Cool. All right. We're getting there. We're getting there. Good. Good. And so the verses in Colossians chapter one that we're going to read uh, are, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so it looks like we have a good bit of people there. So we're going to have maybe two people read. Um, so it's going to be Colossians chapter one, verses 21 through 23. Um, and so we're going to have one person from here, and then we're going to move it over there for another person to read. Colossians 1, verse 21 to 23. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath reconciled, yet now hath he reconciled. Okay, Jamie. 
Thank you for that, Stephen. I'm gonna have another person read that same verse. 21 through 23. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven where amen amen um cool and i'm gonna read it one more time because three is a cool number all right so colossians 1 21 through 23 thanks for those who read um as well so um let me find this real quick yeah so the scripture reads um and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue um, in faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed through all creation under heaven, for which, Paul, um, which I, Paul, became a minister. Um, cool. So those are just three verses, um, and we're going to kind of look at each three verse, each of the three verses, um, and and see what they tell us about our identity um, in the Lord. Um, so the first verse actually talks about our identity before we were in the Lord. Um, can somebody read uh, verse twenty-one for us, real quick? Awesome, amen. Yeah, and so the NIV reads, um, once you who are alienated from God um, and who are enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. Um, so <laughs> what is it, how does it describe us before we are in Christ, before we accept the gospel? Like what's, what's evil? Yep. Any other things? Enemies. Ooh, okay. It's going to be evil and enemies. Um, does anybody know what it means to be alienated? Uh, just, yeah, what does it mean to be alienated? The back, yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you raise your hand? Oh, no, you're good. All right. <laughs> Can anybody define alienated for me? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you're dissuaded, you're avoided, you're like, you're away from um, that. And so, you know, when, when scripture says we are alienated from God, uh, we were alienated from God. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. We were away from God. Um, any other takes on like what it means to be alienated from God? Apart. That's a good one. Yeah, we are apart from God. Um, yeah, and I think that's really interesting, right? Because what it doesn't mean is that God wasn't with us, right? So God is always with us, but it means that we were not with God. And so what does that mean to be apart from God? Um, yeah. Mm, you're isolated from him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm, so you stop approaching him. You stop, um, yeah, interacting with him. Yeah. Mm, choosing to live your life without him. Living your life for the world. Not devoted to him. Yeah. So, yeah, to be alienated from the Lord 
Um, there were a lot of different things you guys said, which are all wonderful. Um, but it, yeah, as you guys all said, and you touched on it, it's to be separate um, for the Lord. Because the reality is that God is always there, but we are not always with God. Um, and what that means is our actions, our thoughts, um, who we are, um, isn't always um, with the Lord. And it means that we're not allowing God um, to, to, uh, to, to be in our lives that we get to experience him, right? And so when we're alienated away from God, we're not allowing the Lord um, and his transforming power into our lives. Um, and so the next part of verse 21 um, talks about how we were enemies um, in our minds uh, because of our evil behavior. Um, what, what do you guys think it means um, to be enemies um, of God? Like, yeah, thoughts, <laughs> what that could mean, yeah. Support Satanism. Ooh, you might want to unpack that one. What? Let's actually. Yeah. Let's. Let's. What? What? what yeah. Can, can, what does that look like, or what could that look like? Okay, to be to be an enemy of God is to support things that Satan would support, which that makes sense. Any other thoughts on what it means to be an enemy of the Lord? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's yeah. You don't want to do things that are for the Lord. Um, and I I think these those two. Um, that one, Stephen. Mm, a life that is dwelling in sin, um, and that's also accurate as well. And I think. Um, the, 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 those three definitions kind of paint like a spectrum <laughs> of what comes to our minds when we think of enemies of God. Um, I think on one side of the spectrum, we think of like Satan and like what things that are satanic look like with like tattoos or black or, you know, whatever your idea of Satanism is. Um, we go there and then uh, on the other side is kind of being away from the Lord. And these, these are the same thing, right? Um, to, to, to be away from the Lord, to be an enemy of the Lord. Um, can can look very subtle, <laughs> right? And so I think sometimes uh, when we think of enemies of the Lord, our first mindset are things that are like overtly in your face. <laughs> they're overtly satanic. They're overtly scary. Um, and those are true. Those things are away from the Lord. Um, but there are actually a lot more subtle things uh, away from the Lord um, that are enemies of the Lord, right? And so I think, um, you know, Stephen, you touched a little bit on the subtlety. So like, being um being someone um who is like always aggressive or being someone who um really uh pushes back on people and like are um you know when you're living a life that's like subtly against the lord it's sometimes hard for you to even realize you're against the lord um and so um sins that aren't always overt that aren't always like super like flamey (laughs) uh can can be forgotten as things that make us enemies of the lord um, and I think this is really important for us to pick up on because uh, <laughs> something the enemy likes to do is like when you're focused on you know, the thing that is clearly like satanic, like that person who's whatever doing something super wild, um, you lose sight <laughs> of the reality that um, there are so many small things that are against the Lord that actually could be more dangerous. Um, so one thing that was talked about when we said, you know, things that are not... Um, 
good that we end up falling into is gossip, right? So if somebody is gossiping versus somebody wearing like super satanic stuff walking through the, seat, uh, the streets, I think we're going to pay attention to the, the, the super satanic looking person and forget about the person who's gossiping. When we forget that what gossip does is that it slanders people, it slanders people's hearts, it destroys people's families. Um, and when people's families are destroyed, their kids grow up in homes that are like difficult, um, they end up going to things that are not helpful um, as a result. And so I think it's really important that when we think of enemies of God, quote unquote, um, that we think, we look at the full spectrum, the things that are super obvious, um, but also the things that are more subtle that scripture clearly tells us um, not to do like gossip or lie or um, to, to, to look at things um, that we shouldn't be looking at. And so I think that's one, one thing to pick up from this. Um, those are characteristics of people um, who are living a life outside of Christ. Um, and you guys touched on this a little bit that, you know, even people who are in Christ will sin. Um, and the reality is we're not supposed to dwell in that sin, but it's important that we recognize them because if we're only paying attention to the things that are super out there, um, the small things will begin to take away at our hearts. Um, and so that's one thing to keep in mind. So that was verse 21. Um, let's look at verse 22. Can somebody read uh, Colossians 1, 22, uh, that same slew of verses that was there? Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Can you give me your name real quick? I want to make sure I get some names down. Aaron. Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. good it's good um and then yeah and the same thing the end of niv reads and now he has reconciled you to christ's physical body um through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation um what does it mean to be reconciled in general if yeah just what, what is reconciliation or to be reconciled That's part of it, reconnected. Forgiveness, apology, yoke. Yes. Any other thoughts on reconcile? So it's a pretty good word. So. Yeah, and th- those two definitions um, kind of make up <laughs> reconciliation. Um, it's, uh, it has multiple components to it, um, but it, it, it means to like, you know, be reconnected um, and often to be reconnected, it requires forgiveness. It requires people to come together from different places to be reconciled. Um, and so when verse 22 talks about um, being reconciled um, by Christ, um, what does that mean? What does it mean to be reconciled um, by Christ um, to God? Mm-hmm. Put back together. That's a good one. That's good. What's your name? Yeah. Nah? Awesome. Um, yeah, so what does it mean to be reconciled to God? We said connected. Yeah, gets fixed, right? So some, using some of the words that we use to define reconciliation. Um, rebirth. Ooh, that's a good one. It's a 10-point word. Rebirth. Um, reconciliation uh, to Christ has rebirth in it. Um, any other things that being reconciled to God, um, you know, encompasses. Become friends again. 
become friends again. Your homies, you're tight again. What's up, Olivia? <laughs> um, you are tight again with the Lord. So reconciliation with the Lord comes with so many things. Um, and I think a lot of what you guys were saying was implying that there was something off to begin with, right? Like there was something that needed to be fixed. There was something that needed to be reconnected. Uh, you guys were not homies and now you're friends, <laughs> right? Again, um, and, and we talked about this in verse 21, right? And so when we're alienated from God um, and we're separate from God, um, reconciliation is the process with which we become with God, we're tight with God, um, our, uh, we are forgiven and we're reconnected. Um, and so let's look at verse 22 um, and see like how that reconnection happens. Um, it says, um, yeah, once uh, now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body um, through death. Yeah, let's pause there. So he has reconciled you um, to, yeah, he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. That's, you know, the phrasing there is a little interesting. I think some different verses, I mean, some different translations might say it a little bit differently. But what are they saying there? That you have been reconciled by Christ's physical body through death. Like, that's kind of a mouthful. Let's unpack that a little bit. Um, so what is the means through which we have reconciliation with God? Like, how does that happen? Conviction is part of it. Yeah, Aaron. Prayer, that's a part of it. Yeah, and so conviction, prayer, yeah. To repent, that's a, that's a good one. Can you remind me your name? Uh-huh. Ama, there we go. Uh, to, yeah, to repent. Um, and these are all combinations of what it, the, the, the processes that happen for us to be reconciled to Christ. Um, and when we look back at verse 22, um, and it says, um, but uh, now he has reconciled you by Christ's body through death, um, it's talking about uh, something happened. Something something happened had to happen to Christ for us to be reconciled to God. What happened? What what needed to happen to Christ for us to be reconciled to God? He was crucified, crucified, um, and th- does anybody understand like why that was like necessary? Right? It says because we all talked about like what it looks like to be reconciled in Christ. And what had to happen um, was Christ's death, but like, why? So we can be saved. Yeah. So what did, what did Christ's death do so that we can be saved? Amma? Mm. It's good. It's good. It's good. Aaron, you gonna say what you said? Awesome. Um, yeah, and I think you guys kind of hit it right there. Um, so the reason Christ had to die, um, and the reason Christ's death brought us reconciliation, was because He took the punishment of all the stuff that we talked about in verse twenty-one. Right. So when we're alienated from God and enemies, um, the life we lived was very different. Um, it was one that was honestly like, it was, it was basically a middle finger to the Lord, <laughs> right? Like the way we lived uh, was very like against the Lord. Um, and, and our actions, our thoughts, what we were doing very much were saying like, I don't rock with you, like I don't like you, <laughs> right? 
Um, and, and what needed to happen was that that needed to be paid for before we can enter into the Lord. Uh, because, you know, the Lord is righteous. And so if there's sins that are committed, um, that they need to be paid for, <laughs> uh, right? And so, so that, that, that payment happened through Christ's physical body when he died on the cross. And so um, when it says, yeah, we are reconciled by Christ's body through his death, um, his, his death to be presented holy in his sight, um, it, it's talking about how, like, when Christ died, uh, God was like, okay, the payment has been paid. And now um, it says some really incredible things about uh, who we are after we've been reconciled to the Lord. Does that make sense? So, we're about to, so we've just kind of looked at the process of what it looks like to be away from the Lord. And then what reconciliation is, um, how reconciliation happens, right? How we become with the Lord. And now we're going to look a little bit into what uh, this verse says we look like after that, <laughs> which is uh, where we currently are. Um, and so uh, let's finish off 22. We've been spending some time in 22, but there's, there's a lot of meat here. But um, yeah, so now that we've been reconciled through Christ's physical body, um, he did this so that we would be presented holy um, in God's sight uh, without blemish and free from accusation. Um, so there's, there's three things that are mentioned here. What are the the three things um, that happened to us, um, you know, after we've been reconciled. Uh, yeah, somebody just mentioned one of them from that verse. Free from blemish, there's one. Yep, Darren. Free from accusation, and then right before those two, uh, one something else is mentioned. Yeah, holy in his sight. So. Uh, scripture is talking, to, so it says like after we are in Christ, once we have been redeemed, um, he presents us holy in his sight, uh, without blemish and free from accusation. Um, so let's look at those three. What does it look like um, to be holy in uh, God's sight? So that, that him, that his is God, right? What does it look like to be, uh, what does it mean to be holy in God's sight? Close, close. So Stephen said, following his commandments a word. That's close. Glorifying him. Living the type of life that he lived. So these are really close. Um, and so when it says we are presented holy in his sight. So before being in Christ, were we holy in God's sight? <laughs> yeah, that's a fat no. <laughs> right there, that's a fat no for you. Uh, so we, we were not holy in this site, right? And what is it, actually, mm, this, is, this is a can of worms. Not a can of worms, but there's a lot to unpack here. But what does it mean to be holy? This is a simple definition, but what does it mean to be holy? To live a holy life. We use the definition, the word in the definition. To live in the spirit. Live and walk in the spirit. Um, I think these are all really good. I think these are fruits these are fruits of what it means to be holy. Um, and to be holy means to, oh, yeah, dedicated to God. That's a good fruit of being holy. Yeah. Doing things that please God. Yeah, Francine? Staying committed to God. And these are all amazing fruits of what it looks like to be holy. Um, and the word holy itself um, actually means um, to be set apart uh, for sacred purposes, right? And so, um, when you are holy, or for the Lord to see you as holy, you need to be perfect, <laughs> you need to be set apart. Um, and so uh, what scripture is saying here is that like, when, when the Lord 
has paid the price. When Jesus paid the price on the cross, God sees us as holy and set apart. It means that uh, the death that Christ died washed away like all of the sin. Like that mug got deep in it. Like it's, you're clean. You know what I'm saying? It's crystal, crystal clean. Um, and then you are set apart in the sight of God. Um, and being set apart has those things that you guys talked about. Like you're devoted to the Lord. You care about the Lord. Like when you're set apart, you are set from, you know, the way you live in the world that we talked about in verse 21 and uh, where you are now in, uh, in verse 22, where you are living in a way that is set apart for a specific purpose. And so that's what it means to be holy in his sight. It means he sees you um, as perfect and set apart. So that's the way the Lord is looking at us uh, once we are in Christ. Um, and then we said without blemish or without accusation um, and free from accusation. Um, what does blemish mean? What is a blemish? Yeah, what's a pimple? Yeah. Look bad? Yeah, things that, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, bl blemish are things that have defects. You know, if you drop your iPhone and it cracks, then I got a blemish on it. It's a big blemish and it sucks. Uh, if you dent your car, it has a blemish on it, <laughs> right? So, um, a blemish are things that are dirty or they, 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 they alter the like, perfection of things, right? And so when Christ, when it says like we are without blemish, <laughs> uh, it means that he has scrubbed us clean and we are without the, the, the things that made us unholy um, and in the world. And the last part is we're free from accusation. Free from accusation. What's that mean as a Christian to be free from accusation? Yeah, for your sins. Yeah. What does it not mean to be free from accusation as a Christian? Mm, yeah. So <laughs> when I first read this, I was like, yo, free from accusation. Like, I can do, like, 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 nobody can come at me. Like, if I do anything, like, nobody can come at me. But that's obviously not the case. Because if you look at, you look at any scripture, um, you're, we're, we're taught that we get rebuked. We're taught that... Um, you get corrected, um, and, and that people will like stir you back in the right direction. Um, and I think Steve, Stephen hit this pretty well when he said um, that uh, being free of accusation means before God, at like the time of judgment, <laughs> God is going to look at you um, and says like you have no accusation like here. Um, and so when when you know when everything is said and done, um, and and it's time to make like final judgments on where people are going, it means you're free from that accusation from final judgment. Um, you can, you can, people can still look at you now and um, make corrections and re rebuke you. Um, but the free from accusation that's talked about here in scripture is like that ultimate, uh, that ultimate, uh, um, you know, determination <laughs> at the end of all things. Um, and so uh, I think th this verse is really interesting to me because I think what it said um, that we are holy, set apart, um, and free from accusation is it's really interesting because it doesn't feel like that <laughs> um it doesn't always feel uh, as a christian that you are holy that you are without blemish um and that you are free um from accusation um but that's what scripture says over and over again um second corinthians five seventeen uh says that if therefore if anyone is in christ they are a new creation um the old is gone 
uh, the new is here, uh, exclamation point, because that mug is here. <laughs> uh, so the old is gone and the new is here. Um, and I have a question, so this, yeah. Does anybody ever like, feel like that's not true? <laughs> Does anybody ever feel like um, the old is not completely gone, new is like, like the new, you're like, yo, where's the new at? Like, where's <laughs> uh, new and improved, right? Like, that's me. I, I see, yep, yep, I see a hand, I see, I see another hand, I see a hand, I see another hand. Um, and, th and this is true, <laughs> this is true. And, and why, do we, why do we think that this is true? That like, scripture makes it very clear that when we are in Christ, that these things um, become true, that we are holy, we are set apart, we are without blemish, um, and we are free from accusation. Um, but that doesn't always feel true. <laughs> um, and that's difficult. Um, the, my last semester of college, there was like a month or two where I, I was so low. Like I just like, I like, I was like struggling to like do things, to be excited about um, it was my last semester. I was like, I, I get to enjoy things with people, but I was not there. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I, I was in a slump. Um, and, and there were a lot of different things that you know, people were saying to encourage me. But I think one of the things that I had to recognize um, in, in that season uh, that was very difficult was, was that I was, not, um, I was not seeing myself the way that scripture talks about me. Um, what do I mean by that? Uh, so we just said that if you're in Christ, we listed some really awesome things that the Bible says about us, that you know, we're holy, we're without blemish, free from accusation. But I did not see that for myself. I was like, dang, man, like, I'm dirty. Like, I like, can't get my stuff together. Like, I'm just a mess, <laughs> right? And, and so that, that, um, that difference uh, caused me um, to, to not be happy <laughs> and not to be happy here. Um, and, and it made things very difficult. Um, and what was interesting was that like, because I did not see those things to be true, I didn't believe them. Um, and actually it was the other way. It's because I didn't believe those things to be true. Um, I didn't believe that I was holy. I didn't believe that I was set apart. I didn't think that they were true. Um, and that's a really subtle difference that I kind of want to get across today. Um, that when you are in Christ, um, that there is a truth that scripture says that you will not always feel. <laughs> you will not always feel clean. You will not always feel worthy. You will not always feel um, the amazing like, blessings that the Lord like, gives us as his children. Uh, but just because we do not believe them, do not make them uh, false. Um, and there's a distinction there, right? Um, there's, a, there's a slight distinction there that it's, it's really important for us to like, understand the things that scripture says about us um, when we are in Christ, um, so that when you know our mind accuses us, um, when the world accuses us, when our actions and the enemy accuse us, that we can say, "Hold up, pause. Wait a minute. Like, pause." And then look at the scriptures. It says, "Like, hey, like when I'm in Christ, like I am whole, I am um, complete, um, I am saved. Right? Like, no condemnation is coming towards me." Um, and so I think it's it's. Yeah, does that, does that make sense, right? That some, yeah, that sometimes there are truths that we will not feel, but we need to look to scripture um, to give us the confidence that we need to go forward. And that's what happened for me. Um, I, I, uh, a friend had recommended a book, it's actually called Who I Am in Christ, and 
Um, I was reading the book and I was like, yo, this mug is, what are they saying? <laughs> like, it was like, you're a saint, like you're whole, like you're all of these things that are actually in scripture. Um, but I didn't feel those to be true. Um, and just because we don't feel things to be true doesn't make them not true. And so it's important that our truth and the things that we, um, we actually walk from um, are, are based in scripture and not purely feeling. Um, feeling is good and it directs us in a, um, a certain way. Um, but they can't be the foundations that we walk on. Uh, and, yeah. It is very easy um, to believe uh, a lie. And because the reality is the way we live is what we believe. Um, does anybody know that? The way you live is actually what you believe, right? So you, you, you walk from what you think is true. So if you think that you're unworthy, if you think that you are a complete like wreck and that the Lord will never care about you, then you will live that way, right? You, you will live off of what you believe. And so it is so critical um, as, as believers that we actually understand what the correct things are to believe um, and we can live from them. Because like y'all, like when I realized um, the, the, the truths of scripture or what scripture actually said about who I am in Christ, I was like, I've been living a lie. Um, I've been living defeated because I did not see that the Lord has given victory. Um, I was living um, as if I was worthless, even though the Lord has said, like, you were so worthy. Um, and the way you determine things value is the price you're willing to pay for it. And Christ, like, paid the ultimate price for you. Does that make sense, right? And so, like, when you go around and you feel unworthy, you feel um, like that you are not valued as a person, right? Like understand that Christ, who is the one who paid the ultimate price for you. Um, and so he determined your value by his life. <laughs> like the God of the universe was like, I'm gonna die so that you can live. And so he did that. And so that's where your worth comes from. And so there's so many wonderful things in scripture um, that it is so um, important that we believe correctly so that we can live correctly. Um, and so that's my encouragement to y'all um, that to understand, um, to understand that um, scripture says that we are holy, um, we are without blemish, and we're free from accusation. And once we believe this, we can start walking in it. Um, and, and that is the truth that scripture um, gives us. Uh, but that is the message for today. It's important for us to believe the truths of scripture so that we can live from them. And scripture says some really dope things about who we are. Amadi, do you have a question? During Bible study, Sophia was trying to tell us that um, when you're living your life, God helps you, and you normally pray to Him for help and stuff. But through that, you also need to help yourself because God's not going to do everything for you. It takes you to take a stand before He can actually help you. He helps you like progress and stuff. He doesn't just help you straight up. So it takes your commitment and His to make it work. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, to add on to what she said, there was this one week Pat was teaching us like um like practical and like spiritual things like like um a spiritual thing would be like to pray to God like help me on a test but practically you still have to study for like the test. You can't just ask and it'll happen. So like. back on when we were talking like 
how you felt that you weren't holy, felt all these things. I was thinking that like your mindset can affect how you move. Like if your mindset set on God, then what you feel is naturally good things, and you can move by that almost. But like if you're down, always living in sin, and you're like, oh, I feel like I should do this, and it's you know adding on to the sin. So really, with how you feel, it should be on God's emotions and not ours. Thanks for sharing that, Francine. You got something? Um, I could relate to, to this because uh, I remember like, I would pray for God to like, so I could pass my test. And um, anytime I failed, I kind of like blamed it all on him, but I didn't really like study or really, didn't really put the work in it. So I just got so pissed off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank, y'all, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that, I don't know, I'm a senior now, and a lot of my friends are very worried about colleges and how they juggle colleges and school and work even. And I feel like just being with Christ, it's like it gives you a peace of mind versus like when my friends, they don't share the same religion as me, and I can see like how that, the difference. Yeah? And even with like relationships with their friends or with their parents, siblings, it's, it's a lot different. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for all y'all for sharing that. Like the, the very practicals of it is, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we, we live from what we believe. And so once, once what we believe um, is like firm, um, we can live from that and we can walk on that. And that, that makes a huge difference. Um, but yeah, that's the message I had for today. Um, and yeah, I just encourage you guys to, to slow down um, and to, to, what's it called? Um, there's, there's a phrase that some friends at school would use that to, to take thoughts captive. <laughs> um, the idea that when we think a thought um, about ourselves, um, whether that is good or bad, especially when it's bad, um, to not just let it like sink in, but to like question it. Like hold that, take it aside and be like, hold up, like, do I actually suck? <laughs> um, and to, to, to pause and to, to allow scripture to speak over that. Um, because there, there are things that the Lord wants to speak over us. Um, when it's hard for them for us to speak them over ourselves um so we're just gonna pray and then we'll take offering yeah we'll do that um y'all good no crack screen all right cool cool cool. amen uh lord uh we thank you for today um we thank you for your word um that uh that lord that once um we are in you um once that you have now that you have like done the work that you've already um, paid the price on the, the cross, Lord, that we get to come before you boldly, um, that, that we can be confident as your children, um, that you have done the work required um, to, to set us free, um, to make us free of blemish, um, and that from believing that to be true, um, our lives and our actions would follow along that, um, that we would, we, would, um, we would walk faithfully um, based off of that truth that you have established. Um, and so I pray, Lord, that you would, you would make that true in our hearts this week and you would remind us um, of the realities that are true. And so I, I pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Cool.